Welcome to In My Headache. I'm Aaron Rhodes. And I'm Bill Brownlee. Aaron is the oldest member of Gen Z. Bill is the world's youngest baby boomer. Aaron and I argue about and sometimes agree on the music we love and hate on In My Headache. On each episode, Bill and I debate the merits of two new albums and one vintage recording. In this edition of In My Headache, Aaron and I consider the latest releases from the controversial crooner Lana Del Rey and the rugged Buffalo rapper Benny the Butcher. Aaron also subjects me to a 1988 album by the British punk band The Business. In My Headache is sponsored by The Vinyl Underground, offering new and used vinyl at 76 Intrust in Kansas City, Missouri. first album we're going to be discussing today is Lana Del Rey's seventh studio album, Chemtrails Over the Country Club. Uh, Lana Del Rey, as you may know, is a singer-songwriter from upstate New York, uh, known for her tranquil Americana pop music and her controversial tabloid quarrels and dating history. Bill, how do you how do you feel how do you feel about Lana? How how did you feel about her before you heard this album? You know, I never harbored Aaron's strong feelings about her one way or the other. I didn't buy into all the controversies or the ostensible. Uh, terrible Saturday Night Live performance several years ago. I didn't care about any of that. But I saw her touring uh, at a relatively small theater, a 2,500 theater uh, in 2019. And all of a sudden I felt connected to her. And part of it, Aaron, had nothing to do with her performance, which was okay, not great, not terrible. But amid the date night crowd that dominates her fan base there were maybe five percent of the people in the audience that night who gave off these extreme creeper vibes and all of a sudden I felt like not that she needs me to protect her but I felt scared for her like she needed to issue restraining orders as people left the building that night because there were at least a hundred men there who terrified me and they were clearly obsessed with her and I thought this poor woman has to deal with this every day and ever since then I've you know felt a connection to her like hey she she made it another day without one of these guys getting to her so you know bless her heart this you know I I feel terrible that she lives in that environment And in fact, the only other time I saw audiences weirder and scarier than that in terms of obsessiveness were Beatles-related shows. Like if you ever go to a show by uh, Sean Lennon or uh, Julian Lennon also used to tour, there are a lot of freaks at those shows that clearly weren't right in the head. That's how Lana's fans are, at least 5% of them. Yeah, no, she has, I, I don't know the, if she has a name for her fan base, but she does have a very obsessive uh, girls and gays fan base. And it's funny, you didn't, I didn't remember this until 
you were talking about that concert just now, but um, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm curious if you heard about this when it happened, but several years ago, I think like five or six years ago, um, there was, a, I, I knew, I know this because I was going to JCCC um, about four, four years ago now. And somebody on the, I think my advisor there, the journalism professor, like Lana Del Rey got mentioned and uh, he told me about like a few semesters previous, a former JCCC student had had a restraining order filed against him by Lana Del Rey because he had broken into her garage. So did you know about this? No, of course not. Oh, but yes. that just confirms that what I'm saying, I'm not in, I'm not crazy. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to dig up that article and, maybe repost that or send it to you or something. But um, Bill, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm signing on as Alana Stan now, but this is by far my favorite album of hers at this point. I mean, I've only listened to like maybe three or four of the other ones and only maybe once or twice each. But um, I, I was really impressed by this album. Um, she has like, just very it's kind of it's kind of funny because like uh lady gaga you know like she has like her whole like crazy you know stick with with all of her performances and you know there's there's a lot more to it than that but um but then everybody's like oh wow but she's also a great like classic pop artist who can play with tony bennett and whatever and like that's great and but that that kind of makes me at this point like I kind of want like a Willie Nelson Stardust album now of like Lana singing like jazz and pop classics and like show show tunes and stuff. That that's what this album made me want. Um, because yeah, it's just a really kind of there's you know the she 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 doesn't like vary that much from her kind of standard Americana roots like a you know whatever you might want to call it the the kind of aesthetic she's had for the last decade really but the, the songs are just super well done here she knows she knows her strong spots and really takes advantage of that here yeah the first time i heard this album aaron i, I hated it i thought i'm gonna have so much fun talking to aaron about how awful this album is wow. i thought you know it's like just a pity party. She's just wallowing in sadness and the lyrics are like drunk tweets. But then the second time I listened, I'm like, you know, the, the production is really good. And then the third time I listened, I'm like, and the music is so tasteful as you were suggesting. Yep. And the fourth time I'm like, you know what? These lyrics are actually really good. And so are the melodies and it all comes together. Uh, so th this is an example in my case where re in which repeated listenings paid off because I, I did a complete 180 on uh, chemtrails. It is excellent. It just took me a while to figure that out. Yeah, you said the, the production is very solid. Shout out to uh, Jack Antonoff here. Saw him on the Grammys with uh, with Taylor, and he's he's still looking like he's like 23 or something. It's very weird and kind of freaky, but res respect. I'm sure he. You know, he's, he's in Hollywood. He knows, he knows how to, to keep fit and everything. <laughs> he, he's like a poor man's 
a poor man's Pharrell, excuse me, a poor man's Pharrell Williams. Yeah, it's really it's white boy summer. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. So you met you met your 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 opening here was that she is the the controversial crooner, and I want to dig into that aspect a little more also because yeah, it's kind of like may, maybe people will dislike me for having this stance, but it's kind of like yeah, it like you can whatever like tabloid like personal beef whatever goes on like usually i could kind of care less i couldn't care less you know um i'm, I'm sure you would jab me for for saying that though i'm sorry um but yeah no unless you've like physically or like truly hurt someone in a in a messed up way like i'm i'm gonna listen to the album one or two times at least you know like i don't think lana has gone like she dated a cop that's what everybody hates her for and she had some beef with azalea banks like i don't know i'm gonna listen to the album it's and i i guess i for maybe maybe this is a personal fault in some way but like i kind of like someone with like a kind of an ugly rebellious streak to them like someone who is also you know i i feel like people don't people like really truly don't want to relate to someone who's like publicly like a little ugly a little distasteful so i think that's what makes people push so hard against lana but i think once you kind of just accept uh that aspect of her personality you can start to just appreciate the songs and that's that's you know that's the reason why part of the reason why like i love like crazy punk rockers and gangster rappers and outlaw country guys it's just it's a it's kind of the same some of the same appeal here i think and uh i kind of i kind of like that she leans into it here like the the title is kind of provocative like people get off on like calling her a conservative or whatever and but and so she puts chemtrails in the title and like I, I like that she she leans into it and kind of wears the the black hat here for for fun while not completely derailing uh, what is in my mind a great pop album. Yeah, I, I admire that in her too, and I don't want to you know get into Twitter beefs and just faux outrages, but. Yeah, she, she rises above it, and none of it would matter if the music wasn't so good, but it really is. And at, at first I was like, why, why would she include this Joni Mitchell cover in the album for free? And then I'm like, she, she knows her fans probably, maybe her fans are so young that even her the parents of her fans are too young for Joni Mitchell. So it makes sense, and Joni musically is clearly where she's coming from anyway. And then Joni's song for free is about how popularity and integrity aren't the same thing at all. And Lana clearly agrees with Joni and closing her album with the song, I think is a tremendous public service in 2021. Yeah, no, it's great. And um, I think I think I just have a few quick hits before we move on. Um, I the first the first five out like I mean the most most of the album is great, but 
the first five songs are just all straight bangers in my opinion and then uh then there's dark but just a game which kind of has this like light trip hop vibe to it with with the way that um it has like the this downbeat guitar this quiet downbeat guitar and then like a kind of what's kind of a trip hop drum beat and i i i I don't know if she has other songs like that in her catalog but if not i think that's a cool unique little moment um the only song that really i didn't care for at all not at all but uh it's not a not all who wander are lost just because that court the phrase the chorus is just like this very cliche like tumblr urban outfitters phrase that you see on yeah some urban outfitters t-shirt i'm sure so and but the rest of that arrangement the rest of that composition are fine by me but that's the only thing that i just didn't really care for at all and i think uh breaking up slowly maybe my favorite lana song just ahead of like video games and then probably a handful of other songs on this album uh yeah yeah Yeah, nikki lane is on that song she was also at that show at the uptown uh and that was a nice break but then on the next track the dance till we die she does this kind of Lucinda Williams thing and it shouldn't work, but maybe, you know, again, it's the production. It shift, it does the shift. And all of a sudden you're like in this Graham Parsons zone, but it doesn't sound fake or phony. It sounds real and authentic and genuine. And those are words that you really wouldn't ordinarily associate with Lana Del Rey, but here we are. Yeah. um, Does she, maybe you're more familiar with her catalog than I am, but does Lana have many or any straightforward country songs or like these kind of, those kind of, yeah, anything like that? You know, I I did not go back and listen to every single thing again before uh, this podcast, but uh, not really. You know, I always think of her as, you know, that in that video games mode of just that kind of dreamy, Spotify core stuff. This is so much better than that, as uh, we've both said. Yeah. Great. Um, We're excited for uh, Lana's jazz and pop standards album. We're excited for her country album and whatever album comes next, I think. I am definitely uh, looking forward to it. I mean, she's, she doesn't have a voice really, but what little she has she uses very, very well. Yes. Great. I think uh, we will move on. Bill, tell us about our next new album. The Butcher coming. You anything like me, them hand-to-hand sales made you. Uh-huh. I'm one of them hustlers, you gotta tell, thank you. Thank you. Got advice from my dog, I accept it cause it's love. He said we did the work, you giving too much credit to the plug. That was us on that corner, Montana and Genesee. I'll leave it there. Uh, Benny the Butcher's tagline is the butcher coming. And I absolutely love the fact, Aaron, that for me and hundreds of thousands of other rap fans, the most important city in the country right now is Buffalo, New York. Love it. So Benny is the third and maybe least important member of the Griselda Fold. 
you've got uh, you've got uh, the, the other two guys, uh, West Side Gun and Conway the Machine, who are probably more popular and honestly more talented than Benny the Butcher. But Benny's pretty darn good. He's uh, 36 years old. He's part of this crew that has been taking the uh, classic rap from like 1990 to maybe 2005 and replicating it, but with excellent rhyming, terrific flow, and most importantly, beats that are better than the originals they're copying. And I don't mean any disrespect to like RZA of Wu-Tang Clan, but the producers the Griselda crew have are better than any of those classic producers in my mind. And that's what makes this whole thing work. Uh, Benny the Butcher's new 28 minute album is called The Plugs I Met 2. And again, he brings in a lot of these original guys like uh, Bat Joe is on, is, on this, uh, is on this album. Jim Jones is on this album. And yeah, there's clearly a lot of uh, Dipset uh, influence here, uh, which is a reason a guy like me at my age loves this because it's like, oh, that sound is back because it's been out of favor for, you know, 10 or 15 years now. And here it is. But these aren't stale copies at all. These are everything, everything the Griselda guys do. And it just they just keep coming. They're so prolific. Uh, but everything they do is really as good as that original stuff by uh, Wu-Tang or uh, Dipset. And so it seems like every two weeks, maybe there's a new, there's something new, but it's never a chore to get through. It's like, oh, I get to listen to more Griselda and it never disappoints. Uh, this uh, new Benny the Butcher isn't the best thing out of the Griselda crew, but it's really good. Uh do you agree, Aaron? No, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the plugs I met too. Uh, I, I did want to note really quickly, um, I'm, I don't know if she, she counts in the way that Benny, Westside, and Conway do, but Armani Caesar or, or Cesar is, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, a full-fledged member of Griselda. So I, I wanted to point that out really quickly. I haven't listened to any of her projects yet, but I've been meaning to for a while. And another thing I wanted to point out is that this project was produced in full by Harry Fraud. And I'm, I'm, I've been a fan of his music for a while now. I think I was first introduced um, to his music with Action Bronson's 2013 EP Sob Stories. And uh, just to, to answer your question quickly, yes, this I'm, I'm a big fan of this project and uh, Benny and Griselda as a whole. Yeah, like it's not like the projects do like hit like an hour sometimes, but yeah, it's still never really a chore. Like they're, you know, they're always just kind of throwing you a bone and they you're not tired of it at all by the time you get through it. And this is like a, a half hour project, too. So even easier if I think, I think this is a great entry point if you do have a passing interest or like you you've seen the name around, like this is as good a spot to jump in as any. Um, 
and yeah, but yeah, Harry Fraud has kind of been uh, a name uh, in the kind of like golden era revival slash like East Coast stoner rap thing for like a decade now. And is he's not like, I don't know if I would call him underground. Like he's pretty notable. He's not like, you know, A-list, but I, I am glad to see him kind of get some shine as like a, like, you know, have his name on half the project. So um, he, he's, he always picks like great samples. His drums just sound very, like, you know, they sound huge. Like that's great to, to throw on in the car or I, I can, ima- <laughs> I would imagine if you're like on, on your headphones, if you're in the gym or something, I'm sure this is great. Like <laughs> gym music, not, not that that's any, anything I know anything about. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, the, the butcher coming, I think the butcher here, maybe, uh, he's, I, don't, I don't know if he's going anywhere. <laughs> um, do, yeah. What, what else, um, uh, do you have any additional thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Harry Fraud is the real star here uh, because uh, Benny's rhymes are, you know, he's, the, the knock would be, the only knock is that he's kind of one-dimensional with his subject matter. Uh, it's, you know, it's, he's kind of like a push a T in that he has one subject, it's, you know, drug dealing, drug trade, but he's really good at it. And, you know, Pusha T was on uh, the plugs I met one. So it, it only makes sense that that's his uh, primary inspiration. Uh, but I don't know anything about any of that world, but I know that I'm interested in everything Benny and the rest of the crew says. Uh, the downside here is French Montana is on it. There's another old school rapper who isn't as good as the other people I've mentioned. And um, my least favorite rapper in the world, Big Sean is on the previous project as well. So, you know, you've, you've got to take a little bit of that nonsense uh, amid all the greatness, but this is definitely great. I'm, I'm going to have to debate you on, on the merits of Big Sean at some point, Bill, because over the years I, ha- I have become something of a fan. Uh, I, yeah, I, I haven't dug into the French Montana catalog but i can't say i am a fan from what i've heard so far but i'm 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 keeping an open mind just based on how many people seem to respect him uh there's no reason no there's no one more irritating (laughs) okay bill's gonna shut that down but uh a a point i did want to make was um i noticed this specifically on the song plug talk um i love how catchy like despite his like kind of rugged personality and like you know all the subject matter and everything I love how Benny can still carry like a chorus or a hook by himself that's kind of the downfall of a lot of rappers like him but so I noticed that specifically on that song and and he like he doesn't make a point of doing that on every song which I think is a good decision but he can do it when he needs to. And he kind of, so in that aspect, he, I kind of see him as like the New York, like Northeastern, like Jeezy or Rick Ross, because those are also guys who are like doing drug raps, but like somehow, I mean, not somehow, but like are great at penning a chorus. 
Uh, no doubt about it. It's funny you mentioned the, the plug talk because uh, two chains is on that track as well. And I in two chains, I don't know how or why, it's some kind of deal with the devil, but all of a sudden, in the past few years, two chains has been really, really fantastic. It, I didn't see that coming at all. But so so two chains is good on on plug talk, but amazingly, he's not as good as Benny the Butcher. That's how good these guys are out of Buffalo. Yeah, it's great. And um, always, I think it's it's cool to see. Like, I, I looked at his, I was looking at his Wikipedia earlier, and I think Benny put out his first mixtape in, like, 2004. So to see somebody, like, in their mid-30s, like, a decade and a half deep into their, into making music, to see, like, this, like, slow build to just, like, a very high level of success is like really cool to watch. Cause then, and, and like Griselda and unless I'm wrong, like they didn't really have just like one big, like breakthrough moment, like one big hit or one big feature. Like it kind of has just been from what I can tell a, a slow build over the last several years. And I think that's kind of a testament to uh, the, the slow and steady way of doing it. I believe, and I've always believed, Aaron, that true talent wins out in the end, and Chris Zelda speaks to that. Well, I'm, I'm with you there, and um, I, I guess we can move on to our next record. Why did you do this to me, Aaron? I can't wait to hear why. Oh, wow. We, we're we're going to talk about the business. We're going we're, we're gonna to get down to the business. Um, I, I selected for this, this week's throwback uh, – Welcome to the Real World from 1988, the album by the uh, British punk band. I believe they're from South London. And yeah, I think I think it's something. That's kind of, it's kind of, oi, oi music is, is like a very kind of weird, funny niche within punk music. And I think something I was thinking about when I listened to this album was that unless you're the type that loves oi to the extent that you like dress as a skinhead in 2021, I think, I feel like most people are in agreement that despite the the genre being like kind of cool and fun like there aren't a ton of like classic albums in the category like there's plenty of great songs cool bands whatever but like there are a strangely few amount low amount of classic albums but i'm i'm of the belief since i i first heard welcome to the real world uh several months ago that this this is one of the classics maybe up there behind Cox Barrer's Shock Troops, which I believe is the agreed upon number one classic of the genre. Uh, Bill, tell me why I think you hate this album. Yeah, I do hate it, Aaron. Uh, and and it, begins, it begins with the year, 1988. Yeah. This is, you know, if punk moved really quickly, and this is seven, eight, nine, ten years behind the Sham 69. That, that you know, that first Sham 69 is the 
album. I, I didn't like that either for the record, but that was the one that uh, uh, with this kind of chant sing, chant sing chorus anthemic dumb soccer hooligan stuff that that seems to be the model and there was the angelic upstarts they were in the mix and chelsea uh was was also there and then of course this is all based on uh, that first clash album and those first clash singles but yeah this oi thing it always confused me too aaron because you know i, I always associated it with and you're here to correct me as the young scholar I always associated it with like uh, the skinhead white nationalist element that you mentioned. So I don't, I'm sure the nationalists aren't anywhere in that world. And I'm sure they fight all that, but I always, you know, cringe a little bit whenever I enter this realm, because I'm like, is this, I mean, I don't want to have to dig it up and see, well, are these good guys or bad guys? Where do they fall on that spectrum? Uh, What do you know about that? Uh, yeah, as far as I know, uh, the, I'm, I'm pretty pretty damn sure the business is not a, a nationalist band. I'm sure they would identify as sharp skinheads, skinheads against racial prejudice. Um, but yeah, I, I think I mean, if, if you can get past the 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 conservative gossip around Lana, like why why what makes this? I guess I guess the subculture is like kind of more adjacent to nationalism at, at some points. So I guess, I'll, I guess I'll give you that much, but one, well, once you figure out if a, if a band is, is racist or not, I, I, don't, I don't have much problem in, in listening to them once, once that's figured out. Um, but yeah, I, I love this album. Uh, it's, it has, yeah, as you mentioned, it has these like chant along anthems. It, it, I, you just picture yourself like in some like dive bar like in a room full of sweaty people like arms around each other shouting these songs together and i don't know i i I enjoy the the camaraderie that often comes with settings like that um yeah I, i i love how it's uh really simultaneously like really gritty but also melodic um, and it's kind of funny because it, it has, you, you mentioned, yeah, it's, it came out in 88, which is kind of like past the, the peak of like British punk rock or like most kinds of punk rock, but I don't know. And it has those big, it has the big eighties drum in, on, on this album too, which somehow doesn't get in, in the way of me enjoying it. I don't know how, I don't know. I, I don't know what other punk albums to compare this production to. But some it, it, it ends up working for me. Um, and it is kind of funny because several of these songs do like are almost like one to one copies of Shock Troops songs like 10 years is kind of there. Where are they now? And then there's we'll take them on, which is kind of like uh, a, a one or one or a combination of one or two <laughs> Shock Troops songs. But I don't know. I love I love the album cover. It's these kind of dorky looking dudes in their leather and blue jeans, and like they're, it looks like they're standing out by some dock or something. Like I don't know. I just love the whole like cultural picture it paints, and I, I love a, a catchy punk song. See, Aaron, to me, it's completely generic. You've got it's like the worst aspects of punk 
combined with the worst aspects of metal. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's the whole thing's embarrassing. Uh, you know, the, and you alluded to it. The, the only way these songs would make any sense at all is if it's closing time at the pub and you're out of your mind with your buddies and you're being kicked out of the pub and you're chanting these song lyrics. I, I'll give you that. that you would do not be, want to chant along to never say never. That's, oh, that's, that's I, the, the one, hit on this one. I love The that. one I would chant along with, it, w- were that unlikely scenario to exist, would be the uh, song called Tina Turner, where they're <laughs> talking about some kind of uh, racy and untoward sexual situation. That, that, that would be the one I'd go for. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, um, I personally thought this was, um, as I wrote in my notes, a boot stomp and romp front to back. <laughs> so I, I guess this this may be our this may be our biggest clash so far as far as an album goes on this podcast. So I'm 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 happy this happened. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. Uh, yeah, it, there's I couldn't dislike this anymore. Uh, I, I think it's just I think it's just awful music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you back next week, perhaps. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Um, yeah, Bill. Do you have any anything to plug? Any Anything happening right now? Uh, well, uh, it's now legal for me to get my COVID shot tomorrow. So that means in the not too distant future, I will be in nightclubs and concert venues near not only Aaron Rhodes, but uh, around the country and knock on wood around the world because uh, I'm eager to get back out there. It's great to hear. Uh, where, where can people find your writing? I keep a music diary at therestandstheglass.com. I annoy Kansas City's music community, or pardon me, uh, I annoy Kansas City's jazz community at plasticsax.com. Great. And um, people can follow at shuttlecockmag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The web store is shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com. If you guys could please order some stuff from there, so I can make room for new stuff in this web store. That would be great. Um, shellcockmusic.com is the website. Read all the articles about new local music and all that good stuff. And uh, keep, keep your eyes open, your ears peeled uh, for um, a very cool new Shellcock project that is being launched in the next uh, week or two here. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're, you're listening, leave a review and share the show with your friends. Uh, we'll, we'll see you all next week, next, next time, so, sometime, something, somewhere.